Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Gerd Loyal back to the podcast. Gerd is a food writer, future foods consultant and regular columnist for Olive Magazine, sharing his favourite ingredients, books, producers and foodie destinations. And hot off the press, literally I just saw this morning that your new book has been printed as we speak, finally Gerd. It's some progress on the book. Yes. The, ba- the baby's arrived. It, it has. Yeah. It ha- but it's arrived in the printing press, not, yeah. not in my arms just yet. Yeah. And, we, and it is going to be out in spring next year. Spring next year, and that's yeah. Look out for it. Mother tongue. Mother tongue flavors of second generation. Very fantastic. So, so hopefully in the new year. I know you're going to come back and talk about trends and stuff in the new year, but you can also come back and talk all about the book. I can't finally. wait when I've got it in my hands. I know I've been talking about <laughs> know, it for a long time, but brilliant. yeah, exciting. But today, um, talking of books. Um, You've compiled a list of ten books you think will make great gifts for Christmas. Yeah, I was I was feeling festive, and so I thought this is now's the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's November. It's time. It's time to get festive and talk about Christmas books. Cool. Well, let's get straight into it. I think most of these are all all new this year, and and as always, there's some brilliant choices in here. Let's start with the first one, um, which, funny enough, um, we've included in our December issue, which is going to be out December the seventh. Um, and it's Flora Shedden's Supper. Tell us about that one. Yeah, this is such a beautiful book. So Flora Shedden is from the Aran Bakery, which is up in Scotland. Um, I've never been there. I think it's nestled halfway between Glasgow and Aberdeen on a map in sort of a very green part of the map, which I assume means it's pretty remote. But um, I know people that have been there and it's often voted one of the best bakeries in the UK and actually including in Olive. I think Olive in the past have also um, included it as that. And... What Flora is all about really is about inspiring people to cook locally, seasonally. And this book is sort of inviting all of that kind of principle that she has around kind of uh, eating in that way into recipes worth staying in for, as she calls it. And what's what I really love about it. It's sort of really cozy. It's sort of, I don't, I can't remember the word, but there's a Scottish version of Huga. Okay. And this for me is Scottish Huga in a book. And it's really inviting, really comforting. Um, I love also the way that the recipes are sort of split out. So it's split into sort of things that are either fast or slow, um, things that you could do in a hurry. Mm. She has kind of like candlelit meals. And she has a really fun chapter, which is called Non Pudding Puddings 
which are puddings where you literally don't do anything, which is my kind <laughs> my of pudding. pudding yeah. um, but I'm opening a packet, but it's really interesting, really inventive. There's beautiful um, sort of photography. It's got this sort of real understated calm to yeah. it. Um, it's the kind of book that you sort of want to just have a hot chocolate, put on a candle and just... Perfect for this time of year. Perfect for this time of year, exactly. Um, Get your cosy blanket. Totally. Um, Another thing I really like about it, actually, there's a section in it which is all about really inventive ways of using leftovers to make brand new meals, which um, I really liked. And actually, there's some really delicious drinks in it as well. Um, A couple of recipes I just wanted to highlight. There's a lemon sole with samphire, hazelnuts and capers, which just has the most beautiful picture. Mm, Um, And sort of a delicious sort of sauce and lots of texture. And there's another one which is sort of a, a sort of interesting Christmas twist, which yeah. is bread sauce with sprouts and hazelnuts. Oh, okay. So it's kind of interesting. It's almost sort of flipping the idea. It's just like of, a topper. Yes. So okay. it, she's almost flipped bread sauce and sprouts on its head. So whereas normally you would have bread sauce as a sort of side yeah. dollop, she actually sort of turns bread sauce into this sort of polenta style porridge. Mm. And then tops it with hazelnuts and sprouts. It's really clever, I think. It's great. Um, and for me, I mean, I'm a big fan of bread sauce. So to be eating it almost like a main course is yeah. I'm very <laughs> So loads of inspiration there yeah. for Christmas and then throughout the year as totally. well. Totally. That's a lovely one. And then on to someone who we've had on the podcast recently, Rinku Dutt um, and her gorgeous book, Kolkata. Yeah. Um, and this is such an, I mean, we, we talked about it. If, if people want to go back and check out the podcast we did with Rinku, she talks about it so eloquently. And me and Sam, the producer, were kind of like, right, we're going. Yeah. She, I mean, Rinku is an incredible, is a brilliant sort of culinary creative yeah. entrepreneur and sort of just joyful energy of a person. Um, she, um, her family hails from Calcutta, as you say, and actually she travels back there quite a lot and she does all sorts of stuff here in London. So yeah. she has this amazing um, sort of food truck pop-up business called Rastawala. She does, she makes these award-winning chutneys. She does these incredible supper clubs with people like Asma Khan. And what I loved about this book is I think we've talked before about people and actually cookbooks in general really getting into the sort of... Uh, the granular regionality of yeah, places. Absolutely. So whether it's Southeast Asia, whether it's India, whether it's Italy or France, people really sort of saying, well, actually, there are cuisines within those cuisines. Yeah. And that's what I love about this book is that it's a complete celebration of Calcutta, the city, um, this sort of very specific, exhilarating part of West Bengal, which just has this, it has this sort of hodgepodge of a food culture that's yeah. a combination of, you know, it's sort of, uh, it combines the historic mogul cuisines with sort of Chinese influences, Tibetan influences. And then there is this sort of British colonial element that comes into it as well. But it all sort of amalgamates into this incredible thing that is sort of Kolkata cuisine. And what Rinku's done is just create the most incredible celebration of all yeah. of this, um, but made it really home cooked friendly. And actually there's, there's 70 recipes in here. And actually what I love about it is as you go through them, you kind of feel like you've got the energy of this incredible, vibrant yeah, West totally Bengali city. Yeah that you could do in your home kitchen which is, <laughs> which is I think a really, a really yeah. sort of clever thing to have done I yeah. really love it someone who re- is really thought it out and, and she also mentioned that you know her whole she, she cooks with her mum and dad and and kind of like talked through recipes with them and, and sort of brought lots of their yeah. influence to bear in they, it they sort of pervade the whole book there's this sort of thread of her family's favourite sort of handed yeah. down to generations but then also she's sort of like but this is my twist on it and yeah, this is yeah, what exactly. I kind of do with I it and here well. yeah it's a really it's sort of it has such an energy to it it has a beautiful cover um, 
Some of the recipes I love, there is the um, Kolkata-style egg rolls, mm. which are sort of the egg casseroles, which are just sort of... And they're famous for that region, aren't they? They are yeah. really famous for that for, in that particular region, absolutely. And the egg ones also. Yeah. So casseroles in general are sort of famous for being from Calcutta. But the Calcutta egg roll is very much known. It's got this sort of delicious sort of spiced sort of scrambled egg style om- sort of almost like a smashed omelette with yeah. like lots of crunchy bits lots of chilies lots of coriander lots of red onions and she spritzes it with lime and all sorts of yogurt stuff um and then another one which i love is the pushkas which yeah. um i've she describes them as spicy water bombs and i've never heard them described yeah. as that way and <laughs> it is the perfect description <laughs> so pushkas are sort of these sort of crunchy sort of Almost like a crunchy bauble, kind of, which That's you sort a good of crunchy bauble, yeah. you know, a festive crunchy bauble that you would sort of fill with. You fill yeah. with things like, you know, potatoes and tamarind and yeah. kind of um, delicious sauces and lots of crunchy bits. It's her, her, her approach to it and the way that she describes them and her kind of her sort of celebration of this yeah. specific city and what she's done with this cuisine, I just think is it's such a lovely thing to dive into. Yeah. And actually, for me, um, has a lot of festive inspiration. Something like the Pushkas would be a really great starter yeah. to have with drinks on, on sort of yeah. a, for a Christmas party. Yeah, you've got to get them down and wander. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah, it can messy. be messy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've cooked from that book and I'd, I'd, I'd totally recommend it. Um, and on to the next one, something we all love, food markets. And Borough Market is one of the most famous of all. Tell us about that book. So this is a new book from Borough Market. Yeah, it's called The Knowledge. Um, and it's been put together by the writer Angela Clutton, who has written all sorts of incredible books like The Vinegar Cupboard. Um, and what this book does is it sort of has some of the most, uh, I suppose, expert traders of the market mm. sharing their years and years and years of wisdom. Um, and then there are also sort of over 80 delicious recipes that sort of come from those market traders as well. So it's a real celebration of the produce in the market and the yeah. growers and the people behind it and you really come away from it sort of feeling, I mean, I came away from it feeling really upskilled and like ready to do anything from like shucking an oyster <laughs> to like making my own cheese. Like it's really, really wow, inspiring. That is a big... <laughs> it is, yeah. exactly. Having never done either of those yeah. things. Um, but this is what's great about it. So you've kind of, as I say, you've got this sort of fishmongers chapter, yeah. which has things like how to shuck an oyster, has this incredible illustrated guide to crustaceans, which I thought was really, really interesting. I was like, oh, I didn't yeah. know that that's what a lot of these sort of sea creatures actually were all kind of looked like which you yeah. know was a really great you know like you used to get those sort of ladybird posters yeah that had, I do with all of them exactly imagine that yeah. but for like gourmet food <laughs> and I thought it was a really that was really cool um, you have things like the fruit growers telling you all about the importance of eating seasonally yeah. and then a re- for me one of the most inspiring and interesting chapters was the dairy chapter um, which had a really detailed explanation of why cheese rind is so vital for the flavour of a cheese. Okay. I won't give you the details of why because you should go and find the book. <laughs> That's but a whole other podcast. Whole, exactly. Um, but a, a really, for me, what I loved it was that it, it was a celebration of the market, but mm. not just as a place to find the best produce, but actually as a place that held the all knowledge. of this knowledge. Yeah. Um, and that's what I loved about it. So the sort of the subheading to this is produce skills recipes. And you're really going to come away from it feeling inspired to go and get some delicious produce with a lot of skills and with some great recipes. Yeah. So if you've got someone in your family who's a kind of a, a foodie and a bit of a kind of show off, this is, they'll find knowledge totally, in here. Totally. Brilliant. I love it. Um, so some of the ones that I love that could be quite good for Christmas. So there is a uh, bourbon and coriander seed gravel axe, which... Oh, nice. 
just would be perfect mm. for Christmas morning. Um, there is a brown butter Victoria sponge with orange and saffron curd, which has one of the most inviting pictures that I think a, I've ever I'm seen. I'm looking at the picture now. It's, <laughs> it's just so delicious looking. Yeah, it's decadent. Um, and then a really sort of interesting, sort of I suppose a sort of slightly Greek, Middle Eastern-y sort of vibe to it is mm. a black rice and feta stuffed chard with spiced mm, yogurt. That sounds gorgeous. Which is just, I think it's like a delicious sort of vegetarian kind of dish. And I and I, I just love the, the mix of the flavours. So what I loved about those three things is that, you know, it combines interesting ingredients from the market, sort mm. of you know, the salmon, the chard, and then actually the curd for um, uh, for the cake, but actually gives you really interesting inventive ways of kind of doing it. Yeah. So a really inspiring book, a book that will, you know, certainly upskill you, but actually gives you some really interesting combinations too. in terms of the recipes as well. Love it. And the next one, um, Melissa Thompson is a regular columnist in our sister magazine, BBC Good Food. Um, she's written a fantastic book this year, Motherland. Tell us about that. You're a big fan of Melissa. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Melissa. Even just looking at her name makes me smile. Yeah. She's just that kind of. She's character. a force of nature. She's, she's an absolute force of nature. And a complete, a, like a bundle of joy. I, I really, really adore her. She. This is her actually her first book. This is yeah. her debut, and it's a celebration of Jamaican food history and culture. And I think. Of all the people I've known that have written books, I don't think I've known anyone that's gone into the meticulous level of detail yeah. and research and interviewing and re-interviewing and kind of, you know, she's, she, this has been a real labour of love. And she's almost approached it as if she was sort of doing an academic thesis. Like it's, but having said that, it reads so wonderfully, mm. like this just incredible adventure that really spans 500 years and what I think is interesting about it is that she really sort of goes into all of the influences yeah. that have sort of impacted the island's cuisine so everything from the sort of indigenous Amerindians to the sort of British and Spanish colonizers and then there were obviously the enslaved people from Western Central Africa and then after that the indentured laborers from um, from China and, and India and she sort of tells this narrative through food yeah. and it sort of takes you on the entire journey and then gives you something completely delicious to sort of yeah, yeah. experience that yeah. so you sort of have this in, this incredible journey you're taking on it's like it's like an adventure reading this book um and it's so insightful and actually what i thought was interesting about it is it doesn't shy away from some of those difficult conversations no for sure she definitely goes into it with in all of the intros and completely chapters, yeah but, but yeah. with this sort of academic rigor yeah um that actually isn't in any way sort of intimidating. It's actually just really insightful and yeah. gives you the story behind the recipes, which I think makes the recipes just completely come alive even more. Yeah. Um, people on Instagram are going mad for this book. Um, some of the recipes that get a lot of posts, certainly in my feed, are the ginger beer prawns, which look incredible, uh, the sticky rum and tamarind wings, which I've made, and then the Guinness punch pie everyone is making. Um, <laughs> But actually, for me, what was most interesting about the book is I thought some of the vegetable dishes were actually completely brilliant from this book. Um, one that's in there is the jerk butternut squash. That looks incredible. It does look completely delicious. So she sort of takes butternut squash and she sort of slashes it almost sort of Hasselback style yeah. and then rubs it in this jerk paste and then it kind of gets baked and cooked. Really delicious. I love the idea of having jerk butternut squash. Really interesting. And then she has a plantain and gungo pea bun, which just is this sort of 
fluffy pillowy sort of bun with this delicious sort of pea stew inside mm. it it looks really really delicious really inviting and for me that's what was really exciting about it is i felt that i felt that the vegetable dishes in this book were as exciting yeah. as all of the meat and fish dishes um and just a really again insightful joyful celebration of uh of, of jamaican culture that also gives you that history behind yeah, it as well it's a great one Brilliant. The next one we're going to talk about came from a, a YouTube sensation, which um, has huge amounts of uh, it, followers, watchers. It's Pasta Grannies. It, it is Pasta Tell Grannies. Tell us about the Pasta Grannies. Oh, lo- <laughs> pasta, so Pasta Grannies is this f- online phenomenon that yeah. has around a million views every month. Um, it's created by someone called Vicky Benison, who herself is a really, really inspiring... I, I guess she's almost a sort of documentary filmmaker yeah. in a way. And what she does is she is really all about preserving the wisdom of nonnas in Italy through their cooking, through their kitchens and through their stories. And they are some of the most heartwarming, inspiring, brilliant videos and brilliant women I think I've ever encountered on the internet. I mean, her videos, you know, as I said, they regularly sort of rack up about a million views. Um, But she basically goes all around Italy finding nonnas who have really interesting stories. And that in itself is quite interesting because she sort of really does go to sort of quite big lengths to find interesting stories and interesting people. Um, And then she sort of does, she celebrates all that with this online platform, which is called Pasta Grannies. Um, she had a first book out, which won a James Beard Award, which is a very prestigious food prize. Um, and this is her second book from Pasta Granny's, and this is called Pasta Granny's Comfort Cooking. What it does is it introduces you to 60 of the most popular nonnas from the YouTube channel. Um, and it kind of gives you their recipes, yeah. a bit more of an insight into their stories. So you kind of get this first-hand peek through the door of these Italian nonnas' kitchens. And it's it's just so joyful and so wonderful. Um, and I love the fact that this book is all about comfort cooking, which, again, for this time of year, is exactly what you want. Um, some of my favourites are 91-year-old Pina, who is in Liguria, who makes this incredible chestnut gnocchi with walnut pesto. Um, and then there is 99-year-old Marietta. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say that like, don't expect no. that. I mean, nonas, that's the Mediterranean diet, yeah, isn't it? I know. The, it's, I, it's incredible. It really you, is. You, you watch... You watch videos of them like hand rolling pasta, something that I would find quite difficult to do, uh, or like knocking out these like millions of like yeah. um, tortellini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Whilst you having know. a good old gossip about yeah, what's yeah, happening. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. in their muscle memory. They're just yeah. doing it without yeah. realizing they're doing it. It's yeah. completely incredible. Yeah. Um, but Marietta has this delicious, she's um, sort of in the Calabrian countryside and she. Mm. She has basically a recipe that's almost not a recipe. It's basically a tagliatelle recipe, which is effectively just, she sort of says, well, here's my garden right now at the time that you took this picture. I'm just going to put that with some tagliatelle and that's my recipe. And I kind of love that, is that that's sort of what a celebration, it's a celebration of... It's a proper seasonal It really, really is. Um, The great thing about this book is that if you're not familiar with the YouTube channel, every recipe actually has a QR code next to it. So you can immediately click... Immediately click on to watching that, that. uh, that video. Now, although it's called Pasta Grannies, what's interesting about this book is that there are lots of recipes that are sort of not quite pasta, sort of things around pasta. So there's some delicious desserts. One of my favorite recipes is from one of the nonnas called Maria. um, And she has a pork and sage lasagna, which just sounds delicious. (laughs) I'm here. I'm very here for that. 
And then there's some really delicious um, other other kinds of well, other Italian recipes. Like there's a risotto. So one of the nonnas is called Carla, and her recipe is a chicken stew risotto, which oh, wow. I think is really interesting. This idea of sort of a chickeny broth that's then used to make risotto. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures of those, and they do so look comforting. Like so this time of year, type thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, so pasta granny's comfort cooking. It's it's it it's it's a hug in a bowl yeah. from Italy, which is what you want. Love the sound of that one. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. And the next one is um, is China via Australia. It's China via Australia. <laughs> now, this is one of the sort of emerging books in this kind of third culture diaspora kids celebrating their own culture sort of realm, which is, I suppose, quite similar to what I'm going to be doing with uh, British Indian food in my own book. But this book is called Chinese-ish. Yeah. I love the title. Um, it's by two writers called Rasheen Cole and Joanna Hu, who are actually over in Australia. Yeah. So they are both of Chinese heritage, um, but either moved or sort of have lived um, in Australia their entire lives. And what I love is that it's basically this sort of merging of their cultures together and this kind of celebration of everything they are, which is both Australian and Chinese and everything that's in between. Um, So the kind of the subtitle of this one is Home Cooking, Not Quite Authentic, 100% Delicious. (laughs) And it really does have some of the most sort of inspiring recipes that kind of, you know, amalgamate this Chinese with this Australian sort of vibe that I've ever seen. Um, Some of the ones I love, there are some incredible rice and noodle dishes. Mm. There is a Sichuan sausage sanger. Do you know what a sanger is? It's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. It is. It is. I've got a lot of Australian friends, that. so I did know that. Um, I don't think we got it from Australia. I'm sure we call them in sanger. A sanger. I say sarni. Oh, okay. A Leicester thing is Sarni or a cob. Okay. I feel like it could be a northern thing as Maybe well. Maybe it's a northern know. thing. Anyway, we're not talking we're not about it. Anyway. So, as I say, okay, so there's a Szechuan sausage sanger. There are all sorts of other recipes. Though. So there's things like fiery Szechuan fondue, oh, wow, which sounds incredible. Um, there's sort of Beijing hot chicken, cereal butter prawns. Um, there are things like crispy prawn balls with fermented chili dip. I mean, there are so many. I actually couldn't pick out just one no. recipe for this because there were sent me like eight too pictures. many. I mean, there were too many that I wanted to put in. Um, but what I love about it is that it sort of... Uh, firstly, it has some incredible illustrations throughout it. Yeah. It's a really sort of vibrant... It's almost sort of like this comic book style book, which I really like. I always like books that are sort of cross genres um, and from a design perspective. Um, but also it's full of things like tips and shortcuts that are sort of demystifying things. And it really explains unfamiliar mm. ingredients that you might not be sort of familiar with. So it sort of has this um, educational angle to it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and yet it is a really joyful celebration of Rasheen and Joanna, who are also, I've seen them on Instagram, two of probably the coolest looking people that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> They're just super stylish, super cool. And yeah. you know when you're kind of like, I want to hang out with those guys yeah. if I ever go to Australia. Um, but yeah, check it out. Chinese-ish. Yeah, it's a great I one. love that. And it's great that we're, we're getting more of those books, like you said, the sort of third culture where, yeah. you, where you get to explore 
your heritage, your culture, but through the lens of, you know, how you're living exactly. now rather than yeah, being totally. forced to, you know, I yeah. love it. Great. Um, on to the next one, a living legend. He really is. <laughs> he <laughs> really is. Lee. Um, Jeremy Lee Cooking. Tell us about Jeremy. So Jeremy Lee, I mean, is one of the sort of pioneers of this sort of British style of eating. Mm. So people like Simon Hopkinson and Alistair Little, who he he's worked with in the yeah. past, they really created this sort of British style. And there were some iconic places that this sort of happened. But actually, one of those was the Blueprint Cafe, yeah. which was um, above the old site of the Design Museum. Um, he is now the chef proprietor of Covardis in Soho, which is a sort of iconic cult restaurant it's that people love. It? It's yeah. beautiful. It's this incredible historic building. It's filled with art. It's also filled with these amazing doodle drawings, yeah. which are now sort of the signature <laughs> Quo Vardis style, which is sort of all over the walls and sort of all over the menus. And actually, this book is filled with those doodles as well. Yeah. Um, it's a really brilliant book. It's called Cooking Simply and Well for One or Many. And I think that actually sums up everything that the book is about. Yeah. Um, it's really built around this idea of sort of effortless simplicity. Um, it celebrates good ingredients, eating seasonally, but then turning them into the most delicious things to cook at home. And it's yeah. that home cooking thing that I think is really sort of key because you really sort of get an insight into sort of Jeremy's sort of mind. And I guess a lot mm. of the stuff that he does at Quo Vardis on a slightly more sort of restauranty way, but he's close as well, you can do this at home. You can yeah. totally do this at home. It's about shopping well, buying good ingredients. Um, it's brimming with stories. There's loads of anecdotes. He's very witty. He's, he's very, very, yeah, his very funny. Great, I mean, they? they are. It's like... It's it sort of merges into the comedy genre at some points. Um, it's that funny, but also there's a lot of kind of memoirs. So he grew up in Dundee. He talks a lot about his mum and yeah. kind of his memories of that. Um, and it's also one of those books that's also just very beautiful. It has this bright emerald green cover with these sort of fluorescent orange pages kind of throughout. Um, and what I, the other thing I like about it is the way that it's sort of split. So some of the, it split sort of. Each chapter is kind of one ingredient yeah. or type of food. So you've got chapters on things like blood oranges, garlic, salads, even a chapter on salsify, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Um, as a whole chapter on walnuts. <laughs> Pretty niche, I thought that. Um, but actually, I think salsify is such a seasonal ingredient. Yeah. So he's really practicing I think what it's he's probably quite about. underused because as I've said a million times before I think all the chefs the chefs buy it all up yeah but so. probably <laughs> exactly I never see it anywhere no. apart from on menus yeah, yeah. you know true. it's quite hard to get hold of um, but then there's also an entire chapter on biscuits yeah and also the thing that he's very famous for is there's an entire chapter just on pies oh yeah on which, pies yeah that's my which my is of expertise exactly. eating and making it's just, and his I mean his um, there's sort of a few videos of him doing it on, on YouTube but he's yeah. sort of of says you know my pastry is not just full of lard it's full of lard and then more lard yeah. so it's like it's crumbly and it's delicious and yeah it's a, it's a really again comforting delicious yeah. sort of um book speaking of pies one of the recipes that i really love from this is the artichoke and ricotta pie i think oh, it's wow. just a really really interesting combination of yeah. things to put into a pie um but the other thing that i like about it is sort of a lot of the salads are also very very delicious and i've sort of get across this whole idea of eating seasonally. There's a tomato lovage and goat's curd yeah. salad, which is just a really delicious combination. I don't think you see lovage that much. It's no. kind of got that like sort of celery sort of taste to it, which I think is, and the idea of putting that with goat's curd and tomatoes, I think is just a really delicious sounding idea. Um, but again, it's one of those books where you'll come away with as much knowledge of how to cook as you will inspiring recipes. So, And nice to see a chef cookbook that's 
actually hasn't got huge amounts of technique and and long long ingredients lists it looks really approachable Not at all. Yeah, yeah absolutely fun. and the next one is a i mean the next one covers a continent mm. africana tell us about that book Africana is from Lorato Umashele, who's just this sort of full of life writer, presenter, and I think one of the leading voices in sort of the cuisine of the African continent mm. in general. Now, this book is inspired by her love of Africa and by her upbringing, which was both in West Africa and in the UK. And what's completely unique about this book is it really takes you on a journey across the continent. Yeah. And it sort of deep dives into the regionality of the continent. So there are recipes from sort of Nigeria to Madagascar and sort of Morocco and all the way down to South Africa. And the variety of flavors and dishes and sort of approaches to food that you see in this. I'm not sure I've seen a book before that's sort of really gone into recipes from across the continent in this yeah. way for the African continent. And that's just something I completely loved about this book. Mm. Um and the other thing I think that was interesting about it is that it's a celebration very much of modern day Africa today. And she, again, is sort of celebrating that rich heritage and sort of enduring people of the continent, but also putting her own kind of interpretation on things yeah. as well, which, again, I think is really exciting, really sort of a sort of really vibrant and contemporary way of looking um, at, at food from across the African continent. There are over 100 recipes. Um, there's things like a spiced island coconut fish curry, um, a harissa leg of lamb with hibiscus, which yeah. just sounds delicious. There's sort of a Senegalese dish. There's sort of a Tunisian tagine. There's um, uh, there's a South African malva pudding. And then there are Lorato's own secrets to the perfect jollof. Oh, amazing. Which I won't give She's away. Just throwing a hat in the ring. She's just throwing a hat in the <laughs> ring, exactly. Um, some of the ones I absolutely loved. So there is a juicy beber meatballs in the tomato sauce. Wow. So beber is a sort of, I think it's an Ethiopian spice yeah, mix. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And that just looks, again, really comforting, really sort of full of flavour. And then a more Christmassy one is she has a recipe for Christmas pudding puff puffs, which are these sort of deep fried sort of African pillowy donuts almost things, and yeah. hers is sort of stuffed with Christmas pudding that's great it? it's really festive and really and, you know a really sort of interesting thing to do yeah. the kind of Christmas pudding leftovers and a fascinating if you want to kind of dip into the you know the food of a continent I mean it's big like you yeah. said it's a huge subject but it's a really nice overview of the different Completely. kinds of flavours yeah. and... she also has this amazing uh, newsletter called Cook with Lorato which yeah. just gives you that extra I mean yeah. she goes into a lot of depth <laughs> in the book but the, the newsletter goes into even more depth yeah. and I just I, I love that uh, in her own words, it's sort of sunshine on your plate with a good dose of African magic. And it oh, really is that. Lovely. Um, and something a bit closer to home and a bit more every day um, is Let's Do Lunch by Georgia Levy. Uh, we actually featured this book in Olive Magazine. I think it was in our October issue. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, this is a great... For me, this is like the ultimate stocking filler for anyone, really. Um she, um, Georgia herself, is a is a really talented um, sort of recipe developer and writer. She has worked at places like the River Cafe. She's worked a lot with people like Jamie Oliver. She does a lot for The Guardian, for Oaxaca. Um, and actually, most recently, she's been sort of the food developer for Natura, which is sort of the, the, the food producer, oh, yeah. the food and veg producer that has, that really champions seasonality. Um, so this book, Let's Do Lunch, firstly, it has a bright yellow cover, which is just pure joy. <laughs> um, and... What it's all about is 
sort of making you sort of reinvent the ritual of lunch yeah. and reinvigorate it, I suppose, with sort of nutritious meals, she calls, that can put fire back in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's really clever, especially with the fact that these days, you know, a lot more people are working from home. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got a, a, a little bit more time Exactly, to exactly. Yeah. And if you're like me, if you're having a work from home day, yeah. you're not only having first breakfast and second breakfast, but you're having pre-lunch and yeah. lunch. And then you're probably having a third lunch at about 3 p.m. So it's quite clever because what this book does is it actually splits itself out into kind of recipes that take 10 minutes, 20 minutes or yeah. 30 minutes. So if you've only got 10 minutes, it's got an incredible recipe. If you've got 30 minutes to sort of sit down and catch up on some daytime TV, yeah. like, <laughs> which we, you know, not that I've ever done I'm, that. I'm learning a lot about you here, good. <laughs> I missed this morning. Um, anyway, um, so it's... Um, yeah, it's it's really uh, it really does inspire you yeah. to kind of reinvent that sort of you know she says ditch that lunch al desco and make ritual of lunch again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the recipes also they're super quick, they're super easy. A lot of them have kind of pantry ingredients that are sort of almost they're sort of like it's just sort of these full of these flavor heroes or kind of flavor bombs that everyone has in their pantry, but you maybe you don't always combine them in this way. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think is really sort of delicious and, and clever about it. Some of the recipes I love. There's a melty spanakopita pitta pockets, yes. <laughs> uh, which is a tongue twister. Yeah. So it's sort of spinach and feta and it and yeah. onions and sort of a few sort of herbs and things, which she puts into this sort of toasted pitta. So clever, yeah. so delicious. Um, and then there's another one, which is a cauliflower uh, puttanesca with mozzarella and garlicky toast. Gorgeous. And is... both of those are like an explosion of colour as totally. well because you want to be really tempted into it. Totally. I think that's the thing. She wants you to feel really invigorated if you're having lunch at home. Yeah. And even down to the, the photography, there are these wonderful kind of illustrations throughout it as well. Yeah. And for me, it did really inspire me actually to kind of go, I don't just... You know, if you're having lunch at home, yeah. take the time. Or actually, don't take the time because you can do something incredible in 10 minutes yeah, yeah. if you're clever with how you do it. Absolutely. Love that one. And the final one is actually a lovely um, collection of recipes, of which one is yours, I believe. Um, it, it, well, it's, it's actually a mix of recipes and stories and memoir okay. and all sorts of stuff. So this is the Food Almanac Volume 2. Um which, as I say, it sort of has this, it's a collection that's sort of curated by uh, the writer Miranda York. Um, and what she does is she sort of brought people together to celebrate the year in food, yeah. especially through sort of recipes and stories. There are some incredible people in this book. So people like Caroline Eden, um, you have people like Diana Henry, people like Simon Hopkinson, Jeremy Lee, who we've talked about, yeah. Mary Berry, I mean, Asma Khan. Um, and what everyone's doing is either kind of providing a sort of memoir or a short story or a poem with a recipe or a cooking tip or something about eating seasonally. Nice. What I love about it is it's sort of divided into the months. And in each month, there is a seasonal three-course menu that you can actually cook through. But then all these other sort of things around it as well. Um, I wrote a piece for the June month, uh, which is a big sort of celebration of mango season nice. and sort of the crazy frenzy that surrounds yeah, yeah, mango season every mad. year. Is that the Alfonso mango? Uh, the or Alfonso or the Kessers or the, well, all, yeah. I mean, all of them. So I yeah. sort of talk a lot about <laughs> that. Um, so mine's sort of more of a kind of narrative story versus okay. a recipe. But there are some really brilliant recipes in this book as well. Um, one of my favourites is by the food writer Helen Graves, who has a barbecue omelette tacos with pumpkin and scotch bonnet salsa, wow. which just sounds delicious. Um, there is the very brilliant Terry Masika from Happy Endings Ice Creams, who has a 
strawberry popcorn knickerbocker glory recipe in here. Sounds good. Um, and actually, one of my favourite things is there is the food writer Lara Lee who sort of writes this sort of really lovely tome on the power of Indonesian sambals mm. and then has this really wonderful recipe for sambal in that as well. So it's one of those books where you get all sorts of stuff and you kind of get if you're like me, I just read the whole thing cover to cover because I was yeah. gripped. But actually, it's one of those books that would be really nice, almost like a, an advent calendar for the whole year where yeah. you can dip in and go, at the start of the month, I'm going to read the January chapter. What am I going to be inspired by? Yeah, I was going to say that that kind of inspiration that you yeah, want. Yeah, totally. To get thinking about what's happening that month. Completely. And it will sort of stay with you for the year. And I really hope they do a volume three because... Yeah. Volume two has been one. I mean, it's been an incredible thing to be a part of. And I feel like it's just a format that's just really wonderful. And it's beautiful. The, the cover is just this sort of stunning green with these illustrated pairs. And the, the sort of illustrator has sort of done these illustrations throughout. And it will make, it make a really great Christmas gift for anyone. What, what is your favourite thing to do with a mango? Mine? Yeah. <laughs> You're asking, are you, asking an Indian person their favourite thing to do with a mango. It's like asking them that, what? Somebody child once is. said to me that the best place to eat a mango is either in the bath or in the it, sea. Well, I was going to say it is that. It is It is to have one that is <laughs> peak season. Yeah. It's so peak season that actually the skin is basically soft and you don't really need to peel it. And you just, you you bite it like it's, like just it's bite into it and let it yeah. dribble down your wrists and then just lick your wrists you have to you have to do it outside or in the bath exactly that well actually the other thing that i do love is i like making uh kachumbas oh yeah so like an indian kachumba salad so adding things like sort of cucumber red onion then nice. toasting some cumin into it a bit of red chili um but actually a classic indian thing to do a mango is just to sprinkle it with some salt some chili powder and a squeeze of lime mm. that is Perfection. Perfect. There Perfection. you go. Perfection. And, and we're talking about mangoes in yeah, November. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so anyway, it's fine. Save it for next year. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so the Food Almanac 2, look out for it. It's, yeah. it's a really great one for Christmas. Thank you, Gerd. And thanks for taking us through all of those brilliant choices there and all out and available now. Um, they've come out through the year, so, so people can probably go online and get them. Um, yeah, and do come back and talk to us I will next do. year. We're yes. going to talk trends. We're going to talk your new book. We are. Lots to talk about. Yeah. And um, as always, um, what's your Instagram so people can... Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. I am Gerd underscore loyal. Um, mm. Or you can find my column in Olive every month. Oh, every month. Brilliant. Thanks again, Gerd. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. For more recipes and inspiration, head to olivemagazine.com. And as Christmas approaches, do check out our new online olive shop, where we have thousands of gourmet ingredients, drinks and gifts from some of the UK's finest small businesses, as well as a new range of beautiful curated hampers. You can buy as many products as you like in one easy and secure checkout experience. We'll let the merchants know where to send their products and you'll receive the order directly from them. Just visit shop.olivemagazine.com and if you spend a minimum of £25 and enter the code OLIVEHAMPERS at checkout, we'll give you an extra 10% off.